hello and welcome to our Vibe Tribe podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jana. And I'm your other host, Casey. This podcast, we are seeking to bring people together from near and far, from all walks of life and with different viewpoints. So we welcome you to our Vibe Tribe. Hello and welcome back, our Vibe Tribe listeners. This is Casey, one of your hosts joining you today. I just wanted to take a moment and preface this next episode, episode two. I wanted to preface this by saying that this was recorded a couple of months ago, and the topic for some viewers may be a sensitive one. We are going to be discussing uh, some of our viewpoints on COVID. I ask that you keep in mind that we actually begun recording this conversation mid-conversation. So you're going to be coming into this episode in which Jan and I have already been discussing um, COVID for probably about an hour. (laughs) So uh, please bear with us. You're going to be just joining us late into the conversation here. We started talking about COVID. What brought this on was just due to some exposures that I've recently experienced uh, indirectly from my husband and then directly from some coworkers of mine at my at my job. So please bear with us. We ask you for um, kindness and understanding, being that this is a very heated conversation. Um, or was a very heated conversation for us both. I believe by the time this episode starts, we're a little more calmer in our discussions. I also want to say that, you know, COVID is an ever-evolving global issue and health issue, and it's ever-evolving in our understandings of it, as well as our opinions about it. Currently, um, I just this morning came down with some symptoms that I felt were COVID-like and had to take a, a test myself as about, good, I would say 70% of my coworkers are, unfortunately have um, come down with COVID. And actually, Jana is actually on the tail end of having COVID, unfortunately. So I'm sure we're gonna be discussing this more at length uh, with new found perspective. So that will be interesting. I do want to broach this topic again going forward, because again, this is something that unfortunately seems like it's here to stay with us in our lives for a while. So please join us in this conversation. (laughs) Please listen, give us a follow. And uh, I also do want to edit myself in reviewing this episode and listening to something I discussed, I don't think I made a clear connection in what I was trying to discuss. Uh, In this discussion, I brought up the topic of how there were fears surrounding AIDS in the 80s and early 90s, fears that individuals would go around intentionally spreading the disease. And I was trying to make that connection to how I felt about individuals who were 
willingly not getting vaccinated and not social distancing and not wearing their masks. I was comparing that to the fears that were being stroked during that time towards the during the AIDS, I guess, epidemic. I don't think you can call it a pandemic. Uh, so I did not mean to come off to say that those fears were legitimized in the 80s or 90s. Those were completely false, horrible fears that individuals had, but those fears seem very real. And if you're comparing it to how I was getting, well, I, the point I was trying to make <laughs> was that basically I felt that way about the unvaccinated and individuals who weren't, weren't willing to protect others and who were just willing to go out and spread it. And it felt to me sometimes very, very intentional because people, I had a lot of individuals talk about herd immunity. We might as well just go ahead and get it over with. And so there's a lot in this beginning conversation that was not recorded that you won't be listening that led up to this conversation. So there might be some connections and some things that you may not completely understand that I hope we can clarify going forward. <laughs> but thank you for listening and have a great day. Enjoy episode two. Thank you. For me, it's like those people who, it's about the gun, like for instance, gun right issues. It's people who say, oh, you know, we had the right to bear arms. We, you know, don't try to take away our guns and all this other stuff. And it doesn't seem to, you know, matter to them until God forbid they experience an issue where someone comes in with a gun to school and shoots one of their children. And it's like, oh, all of a sudden they change their tune very quickly. All of a sudden it's like they do care. And they're the ones who are now all of a sudden touting, you know, gun control. We need gun control. We need to ban guns. And that's really frustrating to me. I feel like the same thing with, with this whole issue surrounding, you know, COVID. You can tell all you want about, you know, the freedom to choose the vaccination. Or if it doesn't affect me personally, I don't really care. But then all of a sudden, like, if you get COVID, all of a sudden you do care. Or if you get, if your child gets COVID, you do care. Well, on the, on the gun control issue, I don't understand why people choose, and it's completely a choice, why people choose to go and shoot up a grocery store or shoot up a movie theater. I don't care how pissed off you are at an establishment, at a person who's there. You don't have the right to walk in and just go guns a blazing. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't, I would have to talk to somebody who's done it because I don't understand how they can make that choice to go in and intentionally hurt other people. That's you know, exactly the, how I feel with COVID and the vaccine. It's a choice to intentionally, it's like if you had, like, like, for instance, people were so afraid of 
people who had AIDS in the 80s, you know, and they're going to intentionally spread it to try to kill other people. Well, the same thing goes for, you know, like, if you know you have a, you, you have the potential to have a virus or a virus, like, for instance, like with AIDS, if you're, if you're, you know, you know, you're having unprotected sex, and you have, you know, or you had the potential to have AIDS, and you're going having unprotected sex with others, you're, you're making the decision, oh, I have the right to decide who gets sick or who dies. You know, for me, it's the same thing with the vaccination, you're, you're deciding, like, one is a selfish thing, like, to, in my opinion, like, my life and my choice is more important than your choice to, to life. Like you're choosing to potentially spread this virus and to kill other people. Yeah. To include your own family. You're choosing. I know people who are married and one person's like very pro-vaccination. The other people are, you know, the other, the other spouse is, you know, very anti-vax. And you're choosing to potentially bring it home and kill family members. How it affect your wife, yeah. your children, you know, your children who are not old enough to even have a say if they want to get vaccinated yet, or even old enough to receive the vaccination. You're, you're, you're making the choice for, I don't know. So, so to me, I can't understand what goes on in the minds of how that can be rationalized. Sure. Sure. I can see that. So when we get down to the core of this issue, the core to me all comes down to the fact that people are not willing to look at the consequences of their actions. Oh my gosh. They're, yeah. they're not willing to take the responsibility of the consequences of their actions. And it comes from everything to something small as cutting somebody off in traffic mm-hmm. to something big as in choosing to go into a grocery store and shoot people. And maybe they don't, it's not even about them choosing to recognize the consequences of their action. Maybe they're just so narrow-minded in a capitalist society that is me me individual driven that they can't even look out themselves look outside of themselves you know a lot of people don't view us all as connected Mm -hmm. and being all part of this living breathing organism this world you know it's just like people who don't give who don't care about nature they don't look at nature as connected to them. Right. So it's a very narrow view that we breed in this society that other, other countries do not have. New Zealand had no problem. They all got, their, you know, for the majority, a large majority, that country got vaccinated to the point where they could reach herd immunity. You know, unfortunately, this virus is taking all these different turns. You know, you, you can do something with expectations of it going one way and it can, you know, unfortunately change. But, you know, there are other countries who do view, who do believe in the greater good and thinking of community versus in the individual, putting community first. Because if you're looking out for your, for your community, you're also looking out for yourself. Sure. 
sure. You know, it is very individual looking out for others. It's looking out for you and, you know, because it's a symbiotic thing. So in our history, where do you think that breakdown started? Where do you think the personal choice overtook the view of the community? Because I think it's- you've got you've got the view of the community that was that's very very strong among the Native Americans. Mm-hmm. You've got the view of the community very strong within different villages, depending on how how far back you go. I'm just trying to figure out where our breakdown was, and it almost makes me want to say the creation of the united states exactly that's exactly what i was going to say the creation of democracy and it's so funny because you know they were fleeing we were fleeing persecution and we were fleeing you know that sort of i guess outcast or dichotomy or i i can't find the word for it but anyway we're you, you would think when, when we, we, we came over here to create, we want to create a, a, a community, you know, and in, I don't, I, I guess the Declaration of Independence, the founding of our country. So here's another piece to that. How can you have community with also having a strong free choice and individualism where where are the parameters for that because when you get too far into free choice and too far into individualism without the backbone of looking us looking at us all as one you've got extremism well democratic socialism is meant to bridge that divide where Mm -hmm. you know yes we can still be a capitalist society but we're also a a socialist community in that we 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 look out for each other Mm -hmm. and we have more social programs that advocate the kind of behavior because it is learned it's like you know it's, it's also you know how we're raised like my mom raised me to care about and look out for everybody you know and if if a kid was going hungry I had no hesitation like my mom tells stories I used to give up my lunch I would come home hungry mom's like but mom's like I'm not feeding her enough I guess like and she would send like extra food with me and I would still be hungry and then the teacher she talked to my teacher and the teacher's like no Casey's giving her food away to a kid who doesn't come in with food or kids multiple and she's just giving she's giving it away so mom's like oh my gosh that's what's been happening so she started packing multiple meals for me and my friends i was giving my food away to so it also starts in the home and yes, if you have parents does. who are very selfish you know and 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 teaching that to their children you know mm-hmm. but then my mom also you know my mom I think was raised in a, in an environment that was a little more individualistic, very selfish. 
the time period in which she grew up, a lot of, from what I hear, a lot of children of that time, their parents were a little more self-centered. And my mom didn't want to be like that. And so she, you know, really pushed on me to value other people and not to be selfish and and that you know and to think of my consequences and that as an individual you know what i do affects other people mm-hmm. see so and- i think it's it's like a, it's a very multifaceted layer it is but i think it we is. can realize our wrongdoings in the society and community i think we can start making strides to kind of meet in the middle in that way. Well, here's, here's my thought on that. Um, my mom grew up in very much a take care of the community family. There were multiple family members, extended family members that lived with them. Um, my grandparents, you know, had a farm. There was lots of lots of support and the the way of taking care of the community was very strong in my mom's family Mm -hmm. it was not strong in my dad's family my dad did not grow up that way my my dad grew up more in a very in a mentality that was more selfish Mm -hmm. and so I had both of my parents trying to share their ideas, but they were conflicting. And so one overpowered the other. Mm -hmm. And so what you're sharing about sharing your lunch with people growing up and your mom sending you with more food, that was not something, that was not my experience. My experience was, was more from my father's side where it was more of take care of yourself no one's going to do it for you no one's going to do it for you take care of yourself Mm -hmm. and if you can't figure out how to take care of yourself then you better figure it out quick and there's some merit and value in that there is merit and value in it but it there has to be a happy medium Just like you were saying, there has to be a way to bring the two ideals together. You know, and it's also a very cultural thing. And we also live in a very technological society that has kind of removed us from our connections to others. Oh, yeah. And you think, you know, a lot technology has created new ways to be together, but it's also created a lot of you know, separation. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's also a huge factor. And also culturally, we got taken into account a lot of cultures, you know, a lot of families are about it takes a village, Mm -hmm. you know, so culturally, you know, it, it surprises me, we're in this melting pot that you would think with all these different cultures that somehow we would be able to meet in the middle. Yeah, but it almost seems like everybody everybody grabs onto what their culture is 
and treats it like the sacred cow oh, yeah. and has to hold <laughs> on to it at every yeah. cost. Oh my Heaven God. forbid we learn from each other. Heaven forbid we actually talk to one another about the differences in our culture and see what kind of culture we want to create. We don't have to hold on to this damn sacred cow. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We can, we can evolve. Same thing with the religion. Like oh, no yeah. one could understand why I was non-denominational. I always said every single religion is not only just interconnected. And I feel like ultimately one religion where it separated off, mm-hmm. you know, people like took what they wanted and ran off with it and then created their own little sex. But you know, I always felt every single thing, every single religion had something really beautiful to offer. And I've always felt that way about cultures as well, mm-hmm. you know, but then we get into, you're taking away from my culture and cultural appropriation. And then that's very layered as well, because, you know, I can completely understand cultural appropriation. I can completely understand you know, cultures have, who have been, you know, systematically um, wiped out, wiped out or systematically um, discriminated against. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I had a little moment. I was looking, I'm searching for a word, but like, I can understand that if you, if you know, you've been constantly been stripped of your culture and then all of a sudden someone's taking over your culture and making it cool, you know, for instance, a lot, a lot of times with hip hop culture with, you know, black Americans, African Americans, you know, and, you know, their white counterparts all of a sudden taking it over and things that they were condemned for or treated like shit for or looked down for, you know, are all of a sudden being taken and embraced and taken advantage of. I, yeah. I can understand that too, but I, how can we, that's another thing that I, I want to get into eventually and talk more of is how can we appreciate different cultures and bring it all in, like everything that everyone has to offer and make it into something beautiful without it being, you know, and that also comes into, well, I know the answer, systems of power and power dynamics and, you know, more equal footing. So equality comes into that. Well, there's also the piece of changing, you got to, you got to change the way you look at culture. You, everyone needs to look at culture as a living, breathing organism that is constantly evolving and becoming something new. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if we could let go of this idea that we need to protect our culture and recognize that culture is evolving just like we are and it is going to have its moments where it's it has its notoriety and it's going to have its moments where it has its downfall but if we could just look at it as something that evolves instead of something that is stagnant we would be far better off and also if we could change our mindset in understanding that replicating or uh, I'm losing my words now replicating or trying to mimic someone else's culture 
needs to be looked at as the highest form of flattery versus trying to steal it. Unless it's something like blackface, <laughs> you know, stuff okay, like well, that. Well, we, we can, we can, we can it look has to be at, we can look at those things that where people are purposely trying to make fun or hurt or injure someone else's culture that's different mimicking or or trying to increase the visibility of somebody's culture is not meant to assault or to offend someone so like things like blackface that was meant to offend yeah yeah yeah. that was not meant to embrace and say oh my goodness look at how amazing this group of people are and look at the wonderful things that they do and look at the ways that they look at life. Oh my gosh, we need to pay more attention. Yeah. And some, but some cultures I do believe they do need to protect their culture, especially ones that have been trying to be wiped out. For instance, you know, um, sorry. Uh, American Indians or Native Americans, you know, but then, but then you're pulling back. have been tried to be wiped out by the white man. So it's easy for us as white individuals to say, well, don't hold your cultural soul so sacred, but if they didn't hold their culture sacred, it would have died. They, they, they try to wipe out an entire culture, just like with, you know, Jewish, the Jewish community, you know, so those kind of things have to be elevated and protected from those people who try to destroy it. So I can understand certain cultures like not wanting you to step in on their culture. So that's a whole nother thing too. We have to be sensitive to that. But I do think we need to evolve from that whole PC thing. Like if I dress, if I want to dress as a Native American for Halloween, because I love, I do, I love American Indian, Native American culture. And I'm not doing it, I'm doing it respectfully and I'm doing research, you know, because not every freaking Indian wore feathers in their hair. There's a lot of, you know, um, misinformation about mm-hmm. Indian culture, you know, like do your research, know what you're doing, you know, but I don't think I should be persecuted for that. But I guess to that, I guess maybe to them, it's like if I were to go in blackface, Maybe to them, it's just as insulting. So I think it would be nice to bring some people in on this conversation who maybe could illuminate a little more. But I do think that we have to start experiencing other people's cultures, not as a way to rip off their cultures, but as a, a profound appreciation and love for. And, and, and going to those people, like going to Native American communities and say, hey, I want to embrace your culture. How do I do this in a respectful manner? How do I not overstep? How can mm-hmm. I be immersed in this culture without overstepping? It's it's a respect issue and it's knowing people within that culture, I think, without trying to just make assumptions or, you know, mm-hmm. just do it just because, oh, it's trendy to be a Native American now or it's trendy, you know, everything becomes in vogue. Like it was trendy to act, you know, like, black when I was young you know I was accused of being a wigger <laughs> they call me they call me you know just because I love the culture and because I grew up immersed in it I was a, a, a minority where I grew up 
we mm -hmm. everyone dressed that way and if i wanted to be in it as a white person even I, th that's how we dressed i i i you know like i dressed very hip-hop i listened to rap and hip-hop music it wasn't so much I wanted to be black. It's just that was what I was immersed in. But I happened to be white and I was a minority in my community. So, well, I think that you hit on it, right? The nail on the head. It comes down to respect and intent. Mm -hmm. If we could change the thought process into my intentions are honorable. I want to learn. I want to understand. Mm -hmm. And I respect your culture. Therefore, I am not going to do anything to disgrace it. I just want to understand. But we have too many people who are so busy trying to exploit others and trying to create problems just so that they can either financially benefit mm -hmm. or climb the social ladder. Mm -hmm. that's our issue it all comes down to intent and respect yeah and it's like how much time has to go by it's i don't want to sound like oh it's going to come out wrong to, to a lot of other people i don't want to meet i don't want to sound like poor little white girl privileged white girl complaining about this but like how long does time have to pass for a white individual to be able to be allowed to be immersed in these cultures without it coming off as you know the intention coming off wrong you know what i'm saying i do like um, i've never I love culture so much and I want to really immerse myself and I want to learn more, but I'm scared at the same time of coming off as someone trying to take advantage or someone or someone with white privilege trying to hone in on a culture. I, I don't want to be disrespectful, but, but my skin you know what I'm saying? Like, I, and I, I know to not compare to black people and I, I, I don't want to come off. I know I'm sounding really weird right now. Do you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying, but I think it all comes down to the fact of being a good example. I think it comes down to taking the chance, showing the respect, immersing yourself in that culture in a respectful way. And being the one who's different, who is not trying to exploit them. And not trying, tricky. just being, being the person that you are and not wanting to gain anything from it. Just wanting to build understanding. It's really so, tricky. And, and not only do I want to build understanding, but I want to be of service to ev everyone of any culture and You know, there's a lot of communities that I want to help of people, different communities of, you know, different cultures that I want to help. I don't want to come off as a white savior or someone trying to come in and like, and, and this does happen though, Jana, you know, it, like the whole white it, savior. Like if I were to, if I wanted, like, for instance, on this platform, if I wanted to talk about 
you know, the atrocities done to our Native American brothers and sisters and talk about boarding schools and talk about, you know, uh, you know, these women being, these women being kidnapped from their communities Mm -hmm. and, you know, off the res, off the reservations and, you know, being sold into sexual slavery. Just, we don't know what's happening. Are they being sold into sexual slavery? Are they being killed off? Is there a genocide happening? And it's not being approached in the news. It's not being talked about. You know, if I want to go into these communities and be of service and try to help, you know, I come off as the white savior, even though I really do love and value these communities and I've studied them and I've gone to school for this. And, you know, like, I guess the best way to get started is just to introduce myself and see what happens. But I, I, I never want my intentions to come off as a white savior. I look at well, them as my fellow man. There's, there's two things that come to mind. First, you cannot, you cannot change a person's filter in which they look at what someone is doing. If someone is coming from a place of hurt or a place of previous persecution, you cannot change their perspective. So you have to be prepared that they are not going to look at you in the positive way that you're trying to come forward. And just take, take it because take the risk and take the opportunity to prove them wrong. Yeah. So it comes with needing to have a lot of emotional and mental fortitude to stay strong and continue to show those, these people that you love, respect, and appreciate them. Mm -hmm. And through your actions, you show the difference. And I get the whole white savior thing. Let's be honest. We don't have the money to be a white savior. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? Lord have mercy. So (laughs) all we, all you and I have is our desire to want to help, our desire to want to understand, and our desire to support. And to love. Definitely. Like, I just look at myself as a person who wants to help other people. I know we can't escape our skin, you know, but like, I I can't help that I was born white in the skin, but I had this heart and this mind that wants to help other people of different cultures, as well as my own. And, you know, and then I come off looking a certain way because of so many, you know, like ancestors and ancestors, and I completely believe in reparations and, you know, all this, it's just like, but you know, it's hard. (laughs) <laughs> just like someone can't help being born black or being born you know I'm born how I'm born and I have a heart and a, and a soul that wants to belong to everyone and everything and I feel like we are all one and I feel like all cultures belong to each other in in a way you know but I know historically that's not the way it's been treated and it's history that has led to this when, but, when do we as a new generation correct all this and move forward? How do we move out? It's all comes, It all comes down to each one of us putting ourselves out there with honest intentions and with respect and love. The only way that we are, the heat that comes yeah, with it. 
Yeah. Yeah. You and I have talked about this in the fact that I was concerned about taking the heat about making this podcast. Yes. Putting putting ourselves out there, putting our viewpoints out there and Mm -hmm. how I was concerned about the exposure because with the appreciation and the understanding and people embracing what we're doing also comes the criticism. Yeah, that's life, I guess. And so we just have to continue to be strong and be our individual selves in the fact that we love people and we want to help others. Yeah. And You're so we, the only way we're going to change the world around us is by sharing who we are. I guess someone has to make the first step and someone has to just have to put one foot in front of the other towards what we want. And hopefully next generations will take it over and things will just get better from there. Just, we got to make that first step. And I guess I should come out of a place of fear of being viewed in a certain way. I can't let that limit me, you know, either. Correct. The fear of being perceived, you know, again, I can't help or I have no right to, to change people or to expect people to perceive me in a certain way. So I just need to take what comes with it and, uh, you know, try to do the best I can and making and strides think, towards this world. I, I want to see my grandkids. That's what we both have to do. We both have to find ways to slowly change minds through our example, just like your mom did for you and Mm -hmm. others have done for us. This is not something new. This is not something that we are pioneers in. No, Other other people have done this and other people have been successful. And that's part of the reason why we have a passion for it. Yeah. And so what it comes down to as, as we, as we walk this path, we continue to stay strong in our standards and we are not wavered because there are good people who've been on this path who have moved forward, Mm -hmm. but then have had people who have incriminated them or influenced them with money or with power. And then it, it, it's corroded their perspective. It's changed the way that they are able to help the world. And that is when you become the white savior. That's a, wow. Yeah. (laughs) You nailed it. That's really true. It's, 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 it's when it comes into the, the power play, that's what's corrupting and that's what's damaging about it. And you know, I just had the thought of like the saying, you know, other people's opinion of your, of yours is not your business, mm-hmm. you know, and hopefully you do what you do and the right people come around to understanding your true intent and your, your love and, mm-hmm. you know, and just got it. We just, as long as it comes from a place of good intention and honest, honesty, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I guess you really can't go too wrong there. But, um, but yeah, I guess it's just putting your best foot forward and 
hopefully everyone will come around. Well, let's go back. But they don't to, have to either. <laughs> let's go back to the reason why we call this our vibe tribe. Because we are wanting to gather more people who are sharing our vibe, who are already in this mindset, who want to be more inspirational or more active or just flat out more respectful in their own communities. So we are collecting our tribe. Yeah. And the more that we express our ideas, the more that we share with each other, the further we're going to get. Couldn't be more well said. So I think that's a perfect place to end this session. Yes. <laughs> well, thanks for coming back, our Vibe Tribe brothers and sisters, and for listening and tuning in and listening to the difficult conversations and being open-minded and being here with us. And we, we appreciate you and we hope to hear your ideas and your thoughts. And hopefully with those ideas and thoughts, we can grow as a community and as our oneness can expand and we can continue to help others. So thank you for being with us. Well, that's it for this episode of the Vibe Tribe podcast. Thank you all for listening and for being a part of our Vibe Tribe. If you'd like to contact us, and if you have any suggestions for topics in the future, please feel free to reach out to us via the email link in the description below. And certainly keep your eyes out for us on social media. Please give us a follow. And thanks again. Thank you.